You're listening to Be Health Connected, a podcast by the St. Louis Area Business Health Coalition. Your host for today's episode is Annie Fitzgerald, BHC Director of Member Engagement and Health Solutions. Welcome to another episode of the BHC's Be Health Connected podcast. In this episode, you will have the chance to hear an exclusive excerpt from our latest member meeting on the topic of empowering individuals with chronic conditions. In it, we hear from Dr. Heidi Miller, the first chief medical officer with the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, as she delivers a crucial call to action for employers aiming to enhance employee health. Tune in as we explore Dr. Miller's insights on the vital role employers can play in fostering a healthier workforce. Let me just uh, explain my background a little bit and why I'm here. I, um, I've been a primary care doctor for the last 20 years. I've worked in population health, used to uh, be the medical director for the Regional Health Commission and the Integrated Health Network. And just in January, I became a new colleague of Chris's at the Department of Health and Senior Services as their chief medical officer. And I see so many interventions that can be done that have a good impact, um, a moderate impact, and some that have a huge impact. And both as a primary care doctor and as a medical officer for the state of Missouri, we have an enormous missed opportunity in controlling blood pressure. So today you're gonna to get a great talk on uh, chronic kidney disease, which is devastating, but please know that two thirds of kidney disease is related to diabetes and hypertension. Hypertension is the second cause for chronic um, uh, kidney disease, but hypertension is also, as Chris mentioned, one of the biggest killers. It is the, one of the biggest predictors of stroke and heart attack. It is an enormously high yield intervention. You reduce blood pressure, it has this cascade of effects. But despite how prevalent hypertension is, we are doing awful at controlling it. So the estimate is that about 46% of American adults have elevated blood pressure, 46%. So the statistic that Chris mentioned was um, in the 35 or 38% you mentioned. Those are people who answered a phone call on a survey that said, do you have elevated blood pressure? You've been told that you have a blood pressure and the answer was yes. Many, of that 46% of American adults who have elevated blood pressure don't know it. Also, blood pressure goes up as we get older and we're all getting older and our population is getting older. And it is estimated that folks 65 and above, 70% of them have elevated high blood pressure. So very high prevalence. And yet, the estimates are anywhere from 25% to 50% of patients with elevated blood pressure have it controlled. This is such a fixable problem. There are so many ways to lower blood pressure. I got to tell you, for years practicing primary care in a federally qualified health center, we have so many medical problems to address. We have solutions that are research-based. We have some so health solutions that like we think are a good idea because they make sense physiologically, but we may not have a lot of robust research behind it. Controlling hypertension is not sexy. It is not exciting, but it is massively life-saving. And it's this incredibly missed opportunity. So each of you in this room are 
very important leaders in your communities, your organizations, and you're already working on tobacco initiatives and weight loss initiatives, which by the way, tobacco and weight are one of the biggest contributors to high blood pressure. So thank you. Thank you for motivating your workforce and caring for your workforce and doing that. But focusing directly on blood pressure is key. Um, we can do so much better. We just need to shine a light on the fact that we are really massively underperforming. So what can you do? Raise awareness, education. So you're gonna learn a lot about kidney disease today. That is very motivating for patients. And if you want to prevent kidney disease, controlling hypertension and diabetes is the way to do it. That's how you do it. We have this, um, opportunity to really help people in this realm. Um, you can educate your folks. There's a, the American Heart Association has great blood pressure resources. You can copy them, share them um, in order to educate your, your folks about um, what can lower blood pressure. So not smoking, lowering your weight. But the cool thing is that just losing five pounds enables you to um, drop your blood pressure. So people who need to lose maybe 30 to 40 pounds, it becomes very daunting, but we can all do small goals. Just five pounds translates into both a lower blood pressure and also better metabolic uh, management of uh, glucose. So the risk for diabetes goes down as well with a five pound weight loss. Um, and then really educating folks about salt, um, uh, alcohol. Most people think that alcohol lowers their blood pressure because for some folks, alcohol may relax them, but has the opposite effect. And then it lingers for the entire next day. Exercise lowers blood pressure, stress reduction, healthy diet, caffeine, uh, one to two cups is okay. Any more than that tends to increase it even more. Um, folks need to be careful about what over-the-counter products they grab. So if you're eating up a lot of ibuprofen or nasal decongestant when you have a cold, those can shoot your blood pressure up. And sleep is the untapped opportunity also to improve health and to improve uh, blood pressure. We have so much undiagnosed sleep apnea, diagnosing and treating that can also lower blood pressure. So number one intervention is to educate your folks about blood pressure. Number two is SMBP, which Chris had mentioned self-monitoring of blood pressure. So, um, sorry, I'm a walker. The, um, this is not rocket science. If people are able to measure their own blood pressure, they will manage their blood pressure better. In the old days, let's use diabetes as an example. In the old days, you could only get your sugar checked in the doctor's office. So, someone had a breathtaking idea of like, what if we put a glucometer in the hands of every diabetic and empower them to check their own sugar and manage their own sugar and call us when they're a problem or even dial up their insulin when they notice that their sugar's too high. Better yet, the glucometer teaches them that, you know, having that ice cream Sunday for my birthday last night was totally worth it, but oh my gosh, it made my blood sugar go up to 350. Maybe next time I'll have two scoops instead of three scoops. That kind of feedback is incredibly important and it has transformed the care of diabetes. Why on earth patients with hypertension do not have their own blood pressure cuff to monitor their own blood pressure is beyond me. It is no different. We are sluggish as a healthcare industry to provide hypertension patients with hypertension the tools to monitor and control it themselves. Um, my recommendation is that any patient with issues of high blood pressure have a blood pressure cuff. 
and that they be taught how to use that. Those instructions are also on the website for the American Heart Association. There are certain ways, there's a proper way to check your blood pressure. It's like one page that you can print out or your healthcare staff and your companies can teach your employees. Um, that monitor needs to be large enough. It needs to be on the upper arm, not a finger, not a wrist monitor. And um, if someone has larger arms, they need a larger cuff because the smaller cuff overreads it. Um, that is so helpful. It, and, and, and blood pressure is like decades behind diabetes control, where finally doctors realize that we don't just rely on the values in the office because they're so often artificially high because they're just like, oh my God, please don't be high, please don't be high. And then the blood pressure is high. The home measurements are the most reliable for us to titrate, to, to prescribe and titrate up blood pressure medication. So with um, uh, those measurements can be reported to the provider, either through the portal or like, hey, here are my blood pressures. Um, but the most beautiful thing about my patients who have those monitors themselves is that it enables them to control their own blood pressure better than anything that I can do. They go out and have a burger and a beer with friends, check their blood pressure the next day, and they're like, oh, shoot, I was hoping to get away with that. Nope. Maybe not next time I'll have like the burger, but not the fries. And we can try that. And then they try it again. But we need that feedback loop to change human behavior, which is one of the hardest things to do to keep our employees healthy. Um, also, if someone with blood with a blood pressure uh, problems and a blood pressure monitor, if they take a, a walk in nature, I tell my patients like, come back, check your blood pressure after that. Yes, we should all meditate and be mindful. If you take time out of a busy, busy day and meditate for 10 minutes per day, which is what I'm personally set myself a goal to do, check your blood pressure after that. Or if you decide to like, you know what, I have so many things to do, but I'm going to go to that yoga class, check your blood pressure after that. And someone sees that their blood pressure went down. It's very rewarding and it reinforces that healthy behavior. So take home point. We're doing a really bad job of controlling hypertension and elevated blood pressure and to the point that some people don't even know that they have it. Number two, it is so controllable and fixable. I wish every medical problem in the clinic where I, where I work was so fixable and controllable. And then action points, number one, educate your folks about this. And number two, for your folks who have high blood pressure, whether you're an insurance company or an employer, a good quality monitor, it might cost 30 to $60 per one, might be cheaper wholesale. Having them have a monitor is as important as a diabetic having a glucometer. I'll stop there. I think I exceeded my 10 minutes. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much, Dr. Miller. And, and quickly, you know, I know in um, Louise talking to me about your conversation, you mentioned that, you know, when you came in as the CMO, you made sure that DHS's employees each got a monitor. Is that is that true? So is this I, something that employers could maybe I will not replicate? take credit for making sure that every employee <laughs> had a blood pressure monitor, but it was during the COVID pandemic, mm -hmm. the Department of Health and Senior Services was trying to take care of their own employees who were working 80 hour weeks and didn't know some were remote, some were not coming into the office. And so the department with some COVID funding paid for a blood pressure monitor, a thermometer and an oximeter for all of the employees of the Department of Health and Senior Services. But the supplies are not enough. You need an educational piece as well. So um, they asked me to film a video 
um, and, and uh, teaching employees how to use the monitor, the proper technique for checking your blood pressure, what numbers are normal, what's not, what you report to your provider. So I, I did the teaching part. Well, very cool. I think that's such an amazing you know, actionable thing that an employer could maybe do. I mean, how telling would it be to have a leader within your organization, be that person that records the video and shares that with employees and has a monitor, you know, delivered to their home. Um, I think that could be a really cool, cool um, opportunity for employers. So if any employers are interested in something like that, the BHC would be happy to support you in doing that and, and help you through thinking through that process and what might work well. So um, once again, Dr. Miller, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. And you're welcome to have my script for that video. It's perfect. It's yours and Louise knows where to find me. Thank you for listening to the Be Health Connected podcast. For additional episodes or to learn more about employer resources available through the St. Louis Area Business Health Coalition, please visit www.stlbhc.org. Thank you.